0: everybody, and welcome to another episode of My Ruby Story. This week we're talking to Chandan Junjunwal. I think I got that close to right.
1: Yeah, that's Chandan Junjunwal.
0: Uh, do you want to just uh, remind people who you are? You are on episode 314 of Ruby Rogues talking about DynamoDB.
1: Yes, uh, so yeah, we I did talk about DynamoDB quite some time back, and I think this is my second interview with... Mm-hmm. chat.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you want to just let people know uh, where you're from, what you do there? Sure. So I'm basically
1: from Pune, India, and uh, I had been uh, working prominently in Ruby and Rails since last seven, eight years. Prior to that, I had been working with C, C++, with uh, IBM.
0: This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Very cool. Um... Now, uh, let's go ahead and dive in and capture your story. This is something that I really enjoy doing, just finding out where people come from and, and, uh, you know, highlighting the interesting backgrounds that everybody has. So as we get into your story, how did you get into programming?
1: So uh, that's, uh, that's a quite interesting uh, stuff. Basically, while doing college, I did my graduation from IIT Madras, and I did it in electronics, uh, engineering and mm-hmm. uh, then uh, at that point of time i never thought that i'll get into software uh, but yeah i like enjoyed programming so during campus placement i got uh, i mean i attended a couple of uh, i mean actually that was my first interview with ibm for campus placement where electronics engineers are also allowed to take part in the interview and uh, coincidentally i happened to be in top 10 list so i joined there and after that i started enjoying software programming and uh, yeah that's the way i started my career in software engineering even though i did not have such background and uh, after that uh, basically i worked with ibm for around three years and there i worked mainly on c plus uh, plus uh, db2 and a couple of uh, other technologies like pearl etc and mm-hmm. uh, then I, start, uh, then I got an opportunity with one, uh, to work with a startup which were working primarily in Ruby and Rails. So I joined them and uh, that's where I got to learn and explore more about Ruby and Rails. And since then uh, I had been primarily working on Ruby and Rails. Though I also explored a couple of other technologies like Spray, Node, and uh, Python. But
0: uh, yeah, main proficiency had been in Ruby. Nice. So uh, l- let's roll back just a little bit there. Um, you you went into electronic engineering. I have a degree in computer engineering, but uh, when I started out, I was an electrical engineering major. So that was that was definitely you know something that I identify with. Uh, just with my bat- background, I had done a lot of stuff with electronics. Um, and it's, it sounds like you just kind of fell into this software job. um, So, so how, how did you transition there, you know, from sort of the hardware into things to the software into things?
1: So uh, uh, electronics was, uh, I mean, the whole curriculum was not only on hardware, but we did have some software programming as well as a part of curriculum.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, I used to do some programming, but uh yeah, i accept the fact that i did not at the time this i mean thought that i'll get into software the thing is when i uh, got into it i started enjoying it because more of problem solving building something which uh, i mean there are many people where you make effect in life you make changes it's life so i actually enjoyed it because before that uh, when getting i mean uh, getting into different Kind of electronics, you know that it's uh, it's uh, it will be used by many people. But uh, in case of mm-hmm. uh, like uh, software, there are people who can directly. So I essentially I kind of uh, felt more connected with the people who are actually using the software compared to electronics.
0: Sense. Yeah. Very cool. So you you worked there for a while, and then you worked uh, for IBM. Yeah and uh, did C++, like you said, and did some stuff with DynamoDB. Um, What made you want to switch over to the startup? Because a lot of people, there's a contrast there, right? A lot of people find a lot of stability and, you know, things that they really care about at larger companies like IBM and aren't willing to take the risk on a startup that may or may not succeed. But then other people really like kind of the, the we've got a we've got a new problem to solve, and we've got to you know go out and slay dragons in order to do it kind of thing that you get from the startup, mm-hmm. and they're willing to accept that the company may or may not actually make it. So, so what made you want to make that kind of a switch?
1: So I uh, totally agree with you. Initially, like uh, being in enterprise like IBM, I was a little apprehensive, but at the same time. I felt it's more exciting. It's uh, it's just a kind of start of my career. It's around just three years. So maybe I can take a dive in and explore what's there. And yeah, I mean, I'll say that uh, uh, even after being apprehensive, I joined there. And I really enjoyed the environment because, yeah, you get to solve new problem. You uh, get to take quick decision many times. You say, roll out something. You feel that, okay, your customer is not liking it. You immediately... Uh, reverse back with i i mean there's a particular one incident which uh, actually drove me towards joining a startup in IBM, basically i made some changes which uh, i mean in one of the code base which was actually had quite positive impact but i was not in the team who were supposed to do that so right. actually i got a notice from my manager saying that you should never commit uh, anything which is not in your team so I was like, man, I mean, I did something good which had positive impact, but uh, instead of getting appreciation, a <laughs> I'm getting a warning. Mm-hmm. So I feel that that kind of liberty I can get only in startup or the companies which are flexible and who kind of uh, admire getting, going out of the box and taking extra mile to get things done in a positive direction. So when I joined the startup, I felt like uh, every extra effort or something which actually can uh, make people life easier were always uh, uh, accepted and praised. So, yeah, so that was actually the turning point when I kind of moved away from a very enterprise where everything was very much process driven and uh, yeah, I joined startup.
0: Yeah. For, for me, the contrast comes in. I worked for a company and it was my first job out of college. I was actually working in, uh, um, I was running the tech support department for the company and uh, later moved into QA, but I started the QA effort at the company because we were running into a lot of the same issues. And so if I could, you know, if I could test for those things as they came up, as they came out with a new release, then a lot of times I could get them fixed before we had to answer a hundred, 200, 300 emails a week on that issue. Right. Uh And, uh, so anyway, as part of that effort, I wound up holding up um, the release of the, um, the client that people used. It was backup software for PCs. Um, I wound up holding that up for, uh, what, like three or four weeks? And finally, the CEO came in and he just released it, right? He just came in and said, okay, we've got to get this out. And he released it. Um, well, if you fast forward about a year, the company had been acquired by a really large company. And I was working in QA and we had held up the release for two months because the, the policy was that we couldn't release if there were known, you know, vulner, known issues in, in the client. And uh, the, my boss started getting angry with me and a whole bunch of other people started getting angry with me. And, you know, it was all of this pressure to essentially, you know, so in the startup, it was just the CEO said, look, we have to get this out. I'll take responsibility for it. And he pushed it out. And in the other case, um, because we couldn't do that and because we weren't flexible in that way, um, all of the pressure came down on the one person who was holding up the process, even though I was just doing my job. And it sounds like it's kind of the same thing there, right? It's like, look, what you're doing affects all these other people because we're in a large company and we're not willing to just, you know, go and kind of pull the trigger on something sometimes or let people work outside the box, then we have a problem.
1: Agreed, I totally agree. And there's one more uh, coincidence that uh, I mean, I'll say similarity between us that I was actually, while working with IBM, I was actually in QA automation engineering. And uh, I mean, I'll just uh, give a little more contrast to that part uh, because, yeah, I was doing some automation using Perl C for DB2. Mm-hmm. And I happened to commit a code in the core repository, which was actual product. So that, I mean, when I said that, that was a part of a different team, actually, that was part of development team. And uh, <laughs> and apparently, uh, they did not notice the commit in the beginning. They realized it after six months that there was someone who actually committed this fix and this fix is working. So they tried to kind of figure out who did the fix. And then they realized, okay, someone from QA, QA team actually did this fix. So <laughs> that's how I got uh, a warning. So yeah, that's how. Uh, how
0: dare you fix things?
1: <laughs> Agreed. Yeah.
0: it's 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 amazing to me, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, because in my opinion, in in a company that I'd be running, if somebody from QA had submitted a fix that actually worked, and I'd be like you know, look, you know, we we have a process for this and this is the process we go through. I wouldn't slap your hand. I just make sure that you're doing it the way that everybody else does it, right? Right. And if you submitted a couple of fixes, then I'd be like, do you want to come work for us? (laughs) Right? But it's it's interesting too, because I have, uh, I've had companies come to me and say, we can't find senior developers, you know, to come work for us. Mm -hmm. And yeah, a lot of times it's this kind of problem, right? Where, you know, the internal politics are so ugly that people just don't want to do it. And in most cases, it's not personal, right? It's the the internal politics aren't toxic, but it makes it, the internal politics are such to where it makes it so hard for anybody to do anything productive. You know, like this, you know, you got out of your lane and that's bad (laughs) that they, they just can't retain people.
1: Yeah, so... I mean, yeah, after that, I uh, worked for, I think, a couple of months, but uh, by that time, I had kind of decided that I'll probably get into a startup and maybe get into full-time development where I can be QE, I can be a developer. And uh, yeah, after that, uh, since coming from QE background, I was like, I used to challenge uh, the QE team that, okay, fine, go ahead and find the bug because whatever mm-hmm. bug could be found, I found and fixed it
0: myself. Yep. <laughs> awesome. So... Um, what, what kinds of things have you done with Ruby? Like what have you built with Ruby?
1: I have, uh, worked on many applications. Like, uh, I worked on e-commerce, social media, I have worked on, uh, enterprise application. In fact, uh, uh I also built one product and, uh, on my, by myself and mm-hmm. founded a company around a year half back. I tried to launch that in the market. Uh, but that was related to education domain. Uh, somehow it did not get through, so I got back to my job. Uh, but uh, yeah, apart from that, uh, I mean, I have worked on financial uh, financial institution. Uh, I have also worked on some application which are related to psycho I mean, learning the psychological behavior of people. So I'll say mm-hmm. that there are plenty of application in different domain uh, where I got an opportunity to work and explore. I mean. During past seven, eight years, I have worked with a couple of product company and service-based company. And in service-based company, you don't get to decide the product. It's basically client who come up with an idea and want to build some product out of that. So during that span as well, I got an opportunity to, to work on in different domains.
0: Gotcha. What's the thing that you've uh, built or the problem that you solved that you're most proud of?
1: So... Uh, there are a couple of them. Uh, one, I'll say, uh, one was actually based on uh, real time uh, experience when my, I mean, I, due to hectic schedule, I was unable to catch up with my, what my kids are studying, how they're doing in school. So I tried to get uh, uh, into like some Google figure out that if there are any software uh, which can help me. I found a couple of them, but they were not up to my expectations. So I started building that myself, along with a couple of friends, and then took that to the market. Uh, but being in technical uh, background and fraternity, I mostly had the people who are in technical background. So uh, I mean, I found quite a bit resistance when getting going inside the market and penetrating, penetrating the market with the product. but. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say that that was quite a learning experience for me. And, and, uh, yeah, so that was one product and apart from that, there were a couple of applications, particularly one application I remember was, uh, for, um, uh, for insurance company where they wanted to build quite a scalable product where they had to generate quite a few reports based on very heavy data. and. Uh, we kind of build the application and uh, when the data got huge, it was kind of failing whenever someone tried to pull that report. So I'll say that that was another challenging job to optimize writing instead of active record, writing plain SQL query, ensuring that the performance of each query is good enough, uh, move something in background and all of that stuff. Uh, also uh, a discussion with all the stakeholder was also essential to re- understand that what kind of data you need in real time and for what kind of report you can probably wait for some time. So that mm-hmm. accordingly we'll move something into real time and something into background. So yeah, I mean optimizing and making sure that that leaves up to the expectation of all the stakeholder and at the same time the performance is good enough to handle large amount of data was uh, really essential. So yeah, that was another, and apart from that, there are plenty, Uh, I'll say in each project, I, uh, in one way or other, I got some kind of challenges. Some, sometimes they were technical, sometimes to identify exactly what the end user wants. Because many times it happens that you feel like this is something what other end user might like, but that's not always the case. So, um, at that time, communication and understanding their sentiment is crucial.
0: Very cool. What are you working on now?
1: So, I am currently working with uh, uh, Coupa Software, where I am working, I mean, basically, they are business spend management software, and uh, they, I mean, basically, I work currently in procurement team. So, we build software, which is currently used by many clients worldwide, like Amazon, Nike, and Tesla. So yeah, I'm part of that team and, uh, building cool products and helping them manage their spend and save money. Very
0: cool. Uh, if people want to find you uh, out there on the internet. Where do they go?
1: They can, uh, probably find me. I have published one or two gems, uh, in Ruby. I do have a blog, uh, which, uh, which where I was active while I was working on my own startup, but after that, I did not get much chance. So you can find me on Medium. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, probably <laughs> all the social platform as well as coding platform, you can uh, reach me out.
0: Sounds great. Um, is there any... I, I love asking this question because uh, it's always interesting to see where people are at, but um, if people had watched your career over the last... Uh, you know, several years, what what kinds of lessons would they learn from that?
1: So one thing is, uh, uh, no matter uh, what kind of roles you were in or what you used to do, if you find something interesting and if you are ready to dive in, nothing is difficult, given like uh, coming from electronics, getting into software, and then in software from QE to development, I still remember whenever I used to go for any interview, they used to say, okay, fine, you ha- you are good at interview, but uh, you have not worked on development. So probably we can't, uh, I mean, take you in. So, but at later stage, I did couple, got couple of opportunities. So one thing is no matter what, uh, essentially, if you like something, just go ahead with it. There will be people who will be saying that this is probably not right fit for you but it should be you who should decide what is right for you and what is not. And, uh, okay. and, uh, and the second thing I will say is, uh, I mean being in technology or I think in any field, it's always a learning thing, a learning curve. So, uh, I mean, no matter how much expertise you have, uh, I get an opportunity to learn from everyone like senior, junior, or peer. So you should always be open to learn from people and, uh,
0: yeah, I hundred percent agree with that too. Um, when I first got into programming, um, I tried to join the development team at the company I was at, and I got told straight up when I I walked in and asked if I could apply, and they told me I wasn't good enough. And three months later, I was working at another company on their development team. Nice. So, yeah, I I completely agree. You know, if if it's something you really care about yeah spend the time on it learn it and go for it
1: totally agree
0: and the other thing is is yeah a lot of the newer people are coming in and they're learning new ways of doing things so you know a lot of times folks are saying you know go work with people who've been doing this for 20 or 30 years and you should but sometimes you're going to learn it from the new people as well i, I love that point too
1: yeah because everyone has their own perspective the one more thing <laughs> i would like to point out that uh uh i mean Using the, I mean, interacting with people, getting to know them uh, is always helpful because when you try to uh, think of a solution of a problem, uh, you are kind of focused in one direction. You tend to go in that direction and when you are open to other people, you get to see the other point of view of solving the same problem, which Mm -hmm. may 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 or may not be better than you, but still you get another perspective to see the same problem.
0: Yep. All right. Well, uh, the last part of the show is picks. Do you have some things you want to shout out about?
1: Yeah. So, uh, apart from uh, programming, I do enjoy games. <laughs> I do play online games. And uh, mm-hmm. in programming, uh, I certainly keep exploring new things because, uh, I mean, a couple of years back, there was no Ruby Rails. I mean, 12, I mean, 12 years back. So one thing I also like is like exploring new technology, finding out different kind of solution to the same problem. And uh, and uh, one thing is like, if there's a problem which, uh, which uh, I find difficult to solve, I, instead of just looking out for solution out there on Stack Overflow, I try all possible way to figure the solution first and then probably go back to the other solution which are available just to make sure like what was my direction? Where did I go wrong? Or so basically, that's again feedback cycle or improvement process. You can say so. I think that helps everyone. Uh, uh, like uh, helps everyone essentially to improvise themselves and uh, improve our time.
0: Yep, hundred percent. What games? Do you, what games have you been playing lately?
1: Mainly, I'll say Dota two.
0: Dota two. Yep. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to jump in here with a couple of things myself. So um, one of them is a book I just finished. I literally finished it right before I got on. Um, I was listening to it on Audible and it's called um, Born to Run. And it's a book about running. Um, Now, I will say that the book has um, triggered a little bit of the issue that I have with vegetarianism in general. And that is when I get preached at that it is the right and only way to eat. Um, you know, I don't have anything against vegetarianism itself and I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't care if other people are vegetarian. Um, but yeah, the book got into a little bit, it it preaches a lot of different things about running and health. Mm -hmm. Um, and yes, I'm one of those people that tends to get bothered when they preach about the stuff I don't agree with. And then, you know, I seem to not care when they preach about the stuff that I do agree with. So I'm, I'm human just like the rest of you folks. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, the book was terrific and, uh, I just, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it kind of takes this storytelling tack and it, you know, and then it, it'll branch off and say, okay, here's the background for this, you know, here's how I met this person. And here's how I got involved with this, you know, stuff with running. And, uh, anyway, it's a terrific book. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, the other book that I read that is also about running and I really enjoyed is, uh, the book by Brian Carnassus And I, I'll have to look up the title here real quick, but, uh, Brian he he's an ultra marathon runner uh-huh. and um anyway he he talks about like all of his different how he got into running and then how he got into ultra marathon running and I found that book um I really really enjoyed it um it said oh it looks like he has a few books here that I don't haven't read um Anyway, um I'll find the title and put the title in the show notes. Um, sure. Ultra Marathon uh, Man, that's what it was, so.
1: Yeah, so uh I mean, coincidentally I also love reading books, though I have not read any one recently, but uh some of them is like I'll say one is certainly Freakonomics. economics uh, and uh, there is like Dan Brown uh Mm-hmm. Of the four or five books I have read so, and there's one more book uh, which you might enjoy depending on your taste is No Ordinary Moments by Dan Millman that's a really nice book and there's a movie around that as well
0: okay. nice yeah I tend to and I'm just going to leave all this in because I think it's interesting for our listener um, but I tend to listen to books I, I move between basically fiction books kind of to let my brain relax. Um, business books, because I'm running a podcast network and trying to you know, pay people's salary and stuff like that to get all the content out. And yeah, sort of the inspirational books and, and health books, which I kind of categorize in some of that. So like the Ultramarathon Man and the Born to Run were kind of more inspirational to get me to go and run. Um, but yeah, so that that sounds like right up my alley. I really enjoy... A lot of those books where it's like, hey, look, this is a story, and these are the things that you can take from an experience that I had or a story that I'm telling. So, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming and talking to us. I really appreciate you uh, both contributing gems, um, coming and talking on Ruby Rogues about DynamoDB, and yeah, just sharing your story.
1: Sure. Uh, before we end, uh, at least for Ruby learner, uh, there are two books when we are talking about books, which I will certainly recommend. One is like uh, uh, Ruby on Rails Guide by Michael Hartel, mm-hmm. which is a really awesome book. And I remember when I started my career in Ruby Rails, I that was the first book I read. And the second book is uh, Meta Programming Ruby, uh, which is uh, which is by Paolo Perotta. Uh, That's also a really nice book and gives you a deep understanding level of Ruby.
0: Sounds awesome. All right. Well, thanks again. And uh, we'll get all those recommendations put into the show notes. So you can go check that out at myrubystory.com. Sure. And uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap this up and we will catch everyone next week. Sure. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. That was fun. Yeah.